The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Once while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got out into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long, but have caught nothing. Yet, if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Simon Peter had done a long night's work with little to show for it. In fact, nothing to show for it. He was exhausted from his labors, but there was no fruit. He sat on the shore, tending the nets with his partners, a really needless task because there was no fish gut or scales to clean off of the nets. They had caught nothing. So perhaps more out of habit than out of necessity, he sat cleaning the nets, washing them up, perhaps to keep his mind from the mouths that he had to feed that he could bring no fish to. Maybe to keep his mind occupied from thinking about the debts that he owed that those fish were supposed to have paid. He sat there, disappointed, discouraged. He couldn't have too many days like that. He'd be ruined. How long could it go on? Perhaps you've had a similar experience. Despite your best effort, putting all of your skill, your knowledge, uh, your energy into a task, it fell short of the goal. You failed to get the client. You failed to achieve that promotion. 
You failed to reconnect with the friend. And despite all of your efforts to try to reestablish the relationship, to reconcile with them, it was like beating up against a brick wall. Yet experience a series of such events, such failures, and you start to wonder, like Simon, how much longer can this go on? You're disappointed, discouraged. The situation can seem helpless. Which brings me to the state of the church in North America. My entire lifetime, we have seen the numbers in at least the mainline denominations drop. And now even recent studies have shown a record number of people in North America claim to no longer believe or claim Christianity as their faith. They believe in God still, but they have no use for Christ or his church. And that's despite all of the efforts, all of the work that the church has been busy doing my entire life. So many countless programs, initiatives that have been set forth by church-wide leaders, that have been offered by synods, that have been started within congregations at the grassroots level trying to start something up. Programs for evangelism, the establishment of new ministries of outreach in areas of uh, social justice or in areas of just uh, trying to feed people, minister to people, all with the hopes that somehow we can stop the leaks, keep the thing afloat. And what have we to show for it? I'm not saying there has been no fruit We have raised up new generations through even my own lifetime, and yet those numbers continue to dwindle. And even with each of those new generations, fewer are sticking around than before. The situation can seem helpless. In fact, we might wonder how much longer can it go on? It doesn't seem sustainable. And the workers are exhausted. Just like Simon Peter sitting there on the shore, exhausted from a night's labors that yielded little to In his case, nothing. And that's when Jesus stepped into the boat. Note that Simon was off doing his net washing thing. And Jesus didn't even ask permission. 
He just stepped into the boat and continued his preaching from there. He merely asked Simon after Jesus was already in the boat, Simon, would you push me out a little ways so my voice can carry over the water, maximize the acoustic sound, and reach the crowd? And so he taught. And then he turned to Simon and he said, Now I'd like you to go out into the deep water and put down your nets. Now, Simon, as I've already established, was exhausted. He had worked all night long. The last thing he wanted to do was to continue that labor, knowing there were no fish out there. It wasn't going to do any good. And yet, having heard the teaching of Jesus, he submitted to him. Master, I will go out. If you say so, we'll lower the nets. And as soon as they did, they caught the greatest catch of fish that they had ever seen. The nets stretching, threatening to burst under the catch. The boats threatening to swamp and sink right there in the deep of the lake for the amount of fish that was caught. And the disciples, these fishermen, were amazed, in awe, at this miraculous event. And it was recognized as a true miracle as can be seen by Simon's response as he immediately fell to his knees. And he begged that Jesus might go away. For he knew that he stood in the presence of the Lord of all creation, the one who had made each and every one of those fish that they had caught, indeed, every fish that has ever existed, the one who made the water and the one who made Simon himself. And he, like Isaiah, knew that he was not worthy to stand in the presence of the Lord of all creation. And he begged, Lord, go away from me, for I am a sinful man. And he was right. He was a sinner and unworthy to stand in the presence of his Lord. But Jesus did not come to condemn the world. He did not come to condemn sinners. He did not come to condemn Simon. He came to save him and all sinners. He came to save this world which he loves. And so... He did not go away, but he said to Simon, do not be afraid. He pardoned his sin. He forgave Simon. And then he went a step further. He called him to a new purpose. From now on, 
you will be catching people. So, caught in the net of Jesus' grace, Simon and his partners, James and John, as soon as they got to shore with this extremely valuable catch, left it all. They left everything and followed Jesus. They left their boats. They left the nets. They left the fish, which would have set them up for a long time. They left it all to follow Jesus. For the surpassing joy and value that they found in being disciples of the Lord. We are gathered here this morning those of us who are here in person, in a boat. Look up. You can see why the ancient name for a church sanctuary is a nave. This one is particularly well-suited because of the, the arch of the wood. And if you imagine this building turned upside down, you can see the hull of a ship, a boat. This is a nave. We are in the boat. And Jesus is with us, and he has been all this time. Jesus is in the boat with us. And we are not worthy to be gathered here in his presence. We do not approach this altar out of any sense of merit to receive into our hands the very body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ out of any sense that we deserve it, but merely out of faith, knowing the grace in which we stand. The grace given to us by Jesus. That though we come and we say, Lord, I am a sinful man. I am a sinful man among a sinful people. We know that he looks on us with Jesus and he gives us pardon. For he did not come to condemn you, but to save you, to pardon your sin. And it is in his grace that you are gathered here today in the net caught up into this boat. Your sin is forgiven. I needed to hear that today. I need to hear that word of grace, that word of forgiveness repeated into my ear every week, every day. But to gather here in the presence of the Lord in, in this nave to receive the gift of grace he would give to us, that wonderful word of pardon, I need that. I suspect that's why you are here too. You need to hear that word week in, week out. That forgiveness of all of the sins from the past week and forgiveness of that sin from which all those sins spring. Pardon. Peace. That's, that's what happens inside this boat. We need this. And Jesus 
gives this to us. He is here to do that wonderful work of pardoning us. But like Simon, once we've heard that word, do not be afraid, Jesus also says to us, from now on you will be catching people. This is not the purview of pastors only, of those who are called to be staff members of this church uh, or, or committee chairpersons. This is the work of every single one of us who has been claimed by God's grace in holy baptism, caught up into the net of his mercy and love, and called now to be a disciple, to follow after him, to go and to catch people. This is our calling as Christians, as followers of Jesus, to be his disciples and to catch people. But you don't catch people like you catch fish. You don't do it in a boat. This boat is a wonderful gift. But all of you all who are here, you're already caught up. The people whom Jesus would have you catch are out there. They are in the places where Jesus leads us when we step out of this boat. They are in the places that are very familiar to you. In your very homes. The places where you work. The places of leisure that you frequent. Your neighborhoods. And the fish, the people that you are called to catch... You already know them. Or at least you recognize them. They're the neighbors you wave to. They're the people that sit in the cubicle next to you at work. Kids are the the classmates at school. These, These are the people who Jesus whom Jesus is sending us out to catch. He's calling you to catch them. Now, that's where things get scary, right? You say, I'm no evangelist pastor. I'm not equipped to do that. I don't have the the biblical knowledge. It just wigs me out. I can't do it. (laughs) But Jesus, Jesus isn't asking you to convert people. That's his work. Jesus is going to be the one who converts them. It's the work of the Holy Spirit using the word that will work in their hearts. You don't have to convert them. Take that off your plate. You just have to talk to them. You just have to listen to them. You just have to get to know them, befriend them. That's what catching people looks like. That's what it looked like When Jesus caught people, you read the Gospels, you will see Jesus just taking time to talk to people, to listen to people. In Luke's Gospel, he eats with people all the time. 
Eat with your neighbors. Talk to them. Listen to them. And pray for them. Especially those ones that you know that do not know the joy, the peace, the comfort, the encouragement of being in God's kingdom. Those who are here in this boat. And when I say catching people, that sounds very general and, uh, and hard to really pin down. Who's the one? Just one person that you know that could benefit from being caught up into this net of grace in which we stand. Do not be afraid. Jesus is with you. He will do the work of bringing them in the boat. All you have to do is follow him. Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. In the name of Jesus, amen.